off top, if you could fold a piece of paper 42 times, the thickness of it would reach the moon. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. What up, Charlie? Got our man Bill Barnwell here. First of all, welcome to the Dominique Foxworth Show presented by Allstate. And, yeah, Bill, you got to throw the hands up. You got to show Allstate their proper respect. (laughs) (laughs) At some point, we'll get to our Allstate Good Hands Player of the Day. But before that, we want to welcome in our good friend, Bill Barnwell. We're going to touch on all the important games, all the important stuff. Um, Bill, what's your favorite Taylor Swift song? I think I could guess that you and I only know one. Mm, Shake It Off is the only Taylor Swift song. I believe I know. Is it really like 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 for like Taylor Swift fans? Is it that much more significant or like well known than other like Taylor Swift hits? Because I feel like it's the only one I yeah. know by a significant margin. I think slaps too. What about blank space? All right, twenty two. That's enough. Okay. All right, we're, we've gone too far. Okay. We've gone too far, Charlie. We're getting out of your wheelhouse, and we're going to talk about I, football. I like False God. That's I'm my good. favorite. All right, that's enough. Song. Please stop. It's All a great right. song. As as we have been doing, we revisit some of our it's previous takes. Check back in, see how good our takes were from the previous weeks uh, so far this season. So I'll pass it to you, Charlie. Remind us what smart things we All said. Right. We're going to go deep on some games. We're going to go through some of these past takes. First one, the Dolphins' offense, the greatest show on surf, is unstoppable. <laughs> I mean, to be completely fair, the Dolphins offense take that everyone got all excited about was largely based on one week because they weren't like, I mean, their offense was really good the previous weeks, but they weren't the greatest show on surf is what we're calling it right yeah, now. That's all because, calling it. because Mostert does the surf celebration or just because. I think it's just like a beach Miami thing. Yeah, I mean, Miami's not even like turf. a big surf place. It's not like it's Hawaii, right? Yeah, Nobody the, surfs in Miami. Atlantic's pretty docile. Yeah. Anyway, Bill, what do you think about the greatest show on surf? Is, is this a bad week? I'm not concerned about the Dolphins' offense just because they had, like, an okay game. Like, the the issue here was not what happened with Miami on the offensive side of the ball. It's that their defense got smoked. And for all the conversations we were having during the offseason about Vic Fangio and how he was going to just solve this defense, they were going to be dominant, they were going to be looking like the Khalil Mack era Bears, they don't look that good. And Jalen, Jalen Ramsey, not playing, hurts. They didn't have Jalen Phillips, who's really good. That also hurt them. But Josh Allen did whatever he wanted in this game. They marched up and down the field. They looked almost as good as the Dolphins looked against the Broncos last week. That's how good the Bills were on the offensive side of the ball in this game. The Bills have been incredible since yeah. that week one loss, which feels more inexplicable every day we go forward. Well, that's actually our next take. Oh, oh. It's it's very explicable. It's not hard to explain. Yeah, Josh. You Allen turned the ball over four times and allowed a punt return touchdown. That's fair. All right, what we got next, Charlie? Um, just before we get to the next take, I want to make a prediction that we can probably throw back in my face. Robert Sala will be the defensive coordinator for the Dolphins next season. Ooh. Um, but our next take, credit to us on this one. We nailed it. We said that Josh Allen did not suck after week one. <laughs> Yes, perfect segue into that take. Yeah, we were right about that. We were all overreacting. Josh Allen will have another game where he, um, I guess we weren't over, overreacting, but the world was overreacting because when you have a primetime game, it's going to get a lot of attention. When you have the first Monday night game of the season, 
it's going to get a lot of attention. And you managed to lose to Zach Wilson. We're going to look at all the bad plays that Josh Allen made. But, yeah, I mean, he's had games like this before. He's going to have games like this in the future. Most of the time, he also throws a bunch of touchdowns, so it doesn't matter. So, yeah, what do you think, Bill? Uh, I tweeted out something after that Chiefs-Bills game, the one where Josh Allen was like the, the, the nuclear explosion on the field. And I tweeted like, I tweeted something like, if Brian Dable willingly leaves this for Daniel Jones, he's crazy. Like, if he willingly chooses to take the Giants job and go away from Josh Allen to coach Daniel Jones, he's nuts. And that tweet gets, like, a few, like, you still think that? You sure about that? Comments? You after sure a bad Josh that? Allen game? I got that after week one, and I have not seen any of those people in my mentions. <sighs> I love it. Yeah, settle some Twitter beef. Get those Twitter trolls out of your mentions. Cowards. I'm replacing them with the Taylor Swift Twitter troll for only knowing one Taylor Swift song. So you just gotta swap them in and out like a hockey line. Everyone tells me how scary the the Swifties are, but I mean, uh, it's not that scary. BTS, B- BTS. Oh yeah, the yeah, ultimate yeah. Final they, yeah. That's, that's they they swing elections. BTS. You just, you just don't want to anger the Swifties. <laughs> yeah. All right, we won't anger them. What's next? Um, this is a preseason prediction from you. Uh, Sam Howell and Eric Bieniemy will be a good combination and. While it's been up and down, certainly after today and what they did to the Eagles defense, not bad. Yeah, no, I mean, I think they they look really bad last week. Yeah, so let's not talk about last week. But if you take last week out, I think that Sam Howell's looked better than anyone has expected. They moved the ball pretty um, consistently against this vaunted Eagles defense that has more talent than anyone and is, was the best defense in football, uh, well, just about the best defense in football last year and has gotten better by adding Jalen Carter. Like, I've been really impressed with the way that Sam Howe is playing as a first-year starter, Eric Bieniemy out from underneath um, uh, Andy Reid's uh, – I don't know. I was going to say protective umbrella, but it felt like it did more than protect him from getting praise. It protected him from getting a head coaching job. But if he continues to do this, maybe they run Riverboat Ron out of town and they hand it upstairs. to uh, yeah, President they, Football they, Operations. They, they bump Riverboat upstairs and they hand it over to Andy Reid. But I've been impressed with this offense, haven't you, Bill? Mm, not, not impressed. And frankly, I, I personally insulted is the way I feel. After that touchdown with zero seconds left on the clock, you were once Riverboat Ron. That was your nickname, Ron Rivera. You were that person. You saved your coaching career by getting aggressive in key short yarded situations. You guys have to be on my side here, right? Like, you had to go for two on that after they scored that touchdown. Eagles defense was exhausted. They had all the momentum, all, you know, all, 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 all the goodbyes after that touchdown. And they're eight and a half point underdogs. Yeah. Like they are a team that wants to shorten the game, not extend it. That's the thing I don't get is there is no argument against it. I feel like traditionalists would even say when you're on the road and you're the lesser team and you have this opportunity, go for it. I'm assuming the analytics would suggest that you do the same thing. I'm not sure what about this situation suggests that you don't go for the win or go for two in that situation. It doesn't make sense to me. It's, it's completely defensible. And I think some coaches do coach that way, whereas they're not trying to always uh, do what will optimize their chances of win, winning, but they're looking for the thing that they can defend in the press conference. And that seemed like the easiest, it seems easier to defend that in the press conference than defending kicking the extra point to me. So I don't get why you don't go for it. You had someone had to mention it and, and Ron was like, nah, we good, right? Right? <laughs> Unfortunately, so. I mean, no, like, like John Harbaugh doesn't get flack from people five years later for going for it. 
twice in that season a couple of years ago where they lost two games because they didn't go for it. Like, I think that's like, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about some Chargers stuff as we finish this, this, this show. It's my last show on here before I get dragged away kicking and screaming. But like, I don't think anybody would fault the commanders for going for it in that situation and probably would have worked out better. So Ron Rivera said after the game that he didn't go for it in regulation because they were gassed and it was a, a long bleep drive. Oh, if, if you're gassed, imagine how bad the other team right. feels. Yeah, The defense, like receivers sub in and out, DBs don't. Like yeah. if, there's, if there's anything that advantage that offense has, I would think, I guess maybe the D-line that the Eagles have, have, they can rotate, but still to get a few yards rather than like go and try to outplay the, continue to outplay the Eagles in overtime, that makes no sense to me. Guys, guys, this is the coach who didn't realize his team was eliminated from the postseason last year. Yeah, like he's that. not, he's not on this stuff. What stuff? See, that's the point that I'm making. That's the confusing part is there's no stuff to be on. The trying this, to win the game stuff. Yeah, this is not even like some analytics nerd take. This no. is also what traditionalists would oh, tell yeah. you to do in that situation. Like, you've got to go for the win. You head, have the upset. Head, heart, wave us. <laughs> yeah, you have the upset right in your hands. If you're the better team, maybe you want to prolong the game. You still probably go for it because you think, I'm the better team. We can win right here. Just go for one play. You just drove down the field on them. You have, like Bill said, whatever momentum exists. Exists. And I, I, momentum ex- exists I, so I used to say that momentum doesn't exist, but I think I've redefined it in my mind. Mm. Whatever psychological advantage comes from Confidence. like feeling good about yourself, like that's what momentum is. That does matter to me. And they had it. And you know who doesn't have it? The Chargers, whenever they get a fourth down, they don't think they're going to get oh, it. Oh, should we just skip ahead to that one? Yeah, please. Okay. I, I mean, Bill, Bill teased it, so okay. we got to get to it. My, and and to be honest, it. this was the, the game you enjoyed the most oh, today. Oh, my God. I was doing this during the game. I was literally <laughs> yeah. going like this. <laughs> like, what is that? Are you flashing watches? What's the move there? I don't, I don't know. know. I just got excited. It came out of nowhere. All right, um, gotta, well, I guess we should explain what you're excited about for yeah. those who did not see the ending of that game. Well, so the, the backstory is this. During... We're going to get to a topic about, like, the worst teams in the NFL. And Bill was saying the, the Raiders have to be up there. And I was like, hey, don't just wait a second. Brandon Staley will make you regret, regret texting that. And then Staley started Staley. They started blowing the lead. He tried to go for it on fourth and one. They didn't get it. The Raiders had a chance within the five-yard line to tie that game. Sent to overtime. And I said last week that even after their first win, they should have fired Brandon Staley. And now they've won two games in a row. And I think it would be bananas to let him coach another game as the coach of the Chargers. What in that game, Bill, was most offensive to you? Or, or did you enjoy it? Were you not as offended as... Well, Charlie wasn't offended. He was... I was delighted. He was delighted. He was delighted. <laughs> the, the, the sickos committee in Charlie was thrilled watching that game. I mean, it felt very Chargersy, didn't it, right? Like, like, this isn't as if, you know, I'm trying to think of like what the most stayed boring like if the falcons like the arthur smith falcons played that game you'd be like oh that was a little crazy that's just a a regular day for the chargers that's wednesday for the chargers relatively i just want to point out guys we always talk about how you can't factor in the human element you can't factor in the emotional impact of going forward on fourth down what it's going to do to your football team two weeks in a row the chargers have gone forward on fourth and one they failed and i want to make this clear miserably both times it didn't even come close to picking up the fourth and one both times and what's happened the defense has picked up a game ceiling or almost game ceiling in this case interception both weeks what's to say that failing on fourth and one is not making this chargers defense which is not very good most of the time 
better in those key situations. I like it. It's such a zag. uh, It's a fun (laughs) zag. And Asante Samuel slid when he probably shouldn't have. There was too much time on the clock. Like, you got to keep going, try to score, get good field position. The game's not over when you get that interception. There's, was like, two and a half left? That's the problem, Dominique. Asante Samuel is self-aware. It's like a... Like, you know, like a Pixar movie. Like, you're aware of the the universe happening around you. Asante Samuel is aware of the possibility of charging. And so he slid down because he knows if I run for this pick six, something weird is going to happen. I'm going to fumble. I'm going to fall out of my hands. I'm going to trip and injure myself. I just need to go down to prevent charging from happening even further. Why is, like, I feel like Josh McDaniels does not get talked about as much as... Uh, as Brandon Staley does as far as guys who should lose their job. Like, Josh should have lost his job when my good friend Jeff Saturday beat him. We should have Jeff on the show sometime and tell us some stories about uh, the his coaching that one experience. time he won a football game? Yeah. It was Dominique like, reacted to that game the way I did to the when Brandon I, Staley was, I was playing this game. <laughs> I was doing debatable a bit. Uh, yeah, I was, I was having a good time. My I was proud man, of my Jeff. man. Jeff. Yeah, it was a lot of... Uh, yeah, there wasn't. It was more than water and coffee in my cup. I was proud of my man. He came out of nowhere. Everybody doubted him, which they should have. What's if, correct? If I was not his friend, I also probably would have doubted him. But we go back a long way. I love him. So I was rooting for him. So it felt great. Anyway, the point I was making is. Josh McDaniels, guys, what can he point to? I get it. This team is not super talented, but what does he point to? Saying he's a good. I was saying good head coach a good coordinator like what is his thing where is he like what is he hanging his hat on why he keep getting these jobs and opportunities just want to point out tom brady was not the part owner of the raiders before josh mcdaniels got there now tom brady is the part owner (laughs) of the raiders that is a big swing for that organization Hmm. yeah anyway i mean uh, i mean you're right you're right you're right but like we don't have those same expectations for the for the raiders right like we don't we, we don't ever look at that roster and say, oh, that team should win 13 games. Oh, that team should compete for a Super Bowl the way we do with the Chargers, even though in reality, like the chances of all those guys being healthy at the same time are like I'm one sorry. Of the They're an NFL team. And last year, if we would have stopped right after Jeff won that game, they would have been the fodder of a Disney movie. The unbelievable high school football coach. Jeff's coaching experience was at high school. He, unlikely head coach of a team who is very bad, beats the, the Raiders, who at that point, like, they had some expectations, like, more than they do this year. Like, that was absurd that he's still a head coach. Like, it's crazy to me. All right. I, I'm certainly not calling for anybody fired. I just would like some fairness. I, I think I might want Brandon <laughs> Staley to be my coach before I want Josh McDaniels. I think so. That's a real low bar, buddy. Yeah. I, with Charlie in the room. You might be coaching your son's flag football team in a couple <laughs> yeah, of weeks. Yeah, I, I am. Yeah, he might be. We need one. I'm not a great I, coach, guys. Let's be honest. I, I, I'll just say this much. I watch plenty of Chargers teams with Norv Turner. And, and whoever followed North Turner, head coach Anthony <laughs> Lynn as head coach. I watched a lot of those teams where they punted in those situations and lost. So it's not just like going for it is the problem here. The Chargers are the innate issue here, not what they do in key situations in the fourth I think quarter. They, this goes back to a theme of our show of institutional stability because you can yes. the Chargers, like, look at the Raiders' last few coaches uh, yes. McDaniels, Gruden, <sighs> Del Rio. Not great, yes. Bob. You're not going to get all the way yes. to Hugh? You're not getting all the way to I Hugh? I forgot about Hugh <laughs> Hugh, Hugh had a rough tenure there Hugh. also. 
it, it's it's the opposite of heat culture. <laughs> Raiders culture is something so extremely different in the in the opposite direction. Uh, I mean, Chandler Jones got cut this week um, after uh, leaving the team and just drama there. It's just every move the McDaniels regime has made has been pretty much terrible. Vontae Adams is the one receiver that is getting fed the ball and is still unhappy. You got to be doing something wrong to throw a receiver the ball as much as they throw him the ball, and he still seems annoyed. And uh, to get back on the sadness of the Chargers, their quarterback, Herbert, Finger, oh, all yeah, messed that up. That was the funniest part about the QB sneak oh, on fourth and one. He could not hold the ball. Oh, gosh. All right, can he we did. move he on? This is, sad. This, <laughs> is, this is getting sad. I don't want to be sad. This is a good football Sunday. Do you Let's remember Lane happy. Kiffin was the, was the Raiders coach? Oh, at one point? I do. <laughs> With Jamarcus. Here, here is what we should do. I think whenever the Chargers, like before the week when the Chargers are going to play, because you know there's going to be a fourth one with the game on the line, Everyone should have to like like write the play they want on like an index card and put the index card face down. And then after the play, when it fails, you have to flip the index card over and see what it was. Because I guarantee, even with the hand injury, there were people who wanted a sneak in that situation and it did not work. He's ruining the the stats too. He's he's skewing the stats for going for the fourth down. I think that's his goal. That's nice. Is eventually <laughs> he's, he's in business. Uh, eventually he's gonna make it so it is not advantageous to go for it on fourth down because the numbers suggest that you're not likely to get it because the Chargers never get it ever. So great. All right, what's next? Uh, next one, the rookie QBs. So week one, we had to take that it was clear Anthony Richardson should have been the first pick in the draft. Then last week, we... You. You had to take. I had to take. Yeah, he had to take. Uh, I had we to take. as a show, we stick together here. Don't be always split up. Hey, we're a team here. I, we as a I, show I, had I, to I, take. I'm, I'm just an associate member of the show, so I'm <laughs> keeping my take separate here. Did you see the flashes, Bill? The flashes were flashing. Of course, no question. Um, it's great. But then the last couple weeks and last week are good. Are good hands moments with C.J. Stroud, who has continued to be like really exceptional by rookie quarterback standards. Like he's breaking all sorts of records. He's got 1,200 yards, six touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, and crazy. It's crazy. How this is a team that we thought was going to be terrible and are pretty good because of him. But it's also a broader discussion because of Bryce Young is continuing to struggle. Uh, he, he did so against a porous Vikings defense. So I guess the take that we're patting ourselves on the back is that C.J. Stroud is incredible, and the Texans could be legitimately good now with him. Yeah, I mean, last week we we um, modified our take by saying that C.J. Stroud or saying the Texans got a quarterback. Like, yeah. legitimately, yeah. you got a quarterback. And I think we've seen enough. Normally, we consider, like, the four-game mark as, as a player, you would consider four games as a big enough sample size. When we're scouting a team, we go back four games normally, and that's what we base our opinions on a team on. So four games through the season right now, I think that's enough. C.J. Stroud has not had a bad game. And – in a desperate reach to to make one of my uh, truisms be true, I believe that that defense is really taking a great deal of pressure off of C.J. Stroud also. Like, they're not asking him to be the greatest among greatest quarterbacks, at least in um, this game especially. He made a lot of plays. He had a two-minute drill before halftime. Uh, some great touchdown passes. Nico Collins and, uh, and Tank Dell seem like really good young receivers. So, this team looks good, but they definitely got a quarterback and maybe C.J. Stroud should have been the first pick. Do we think the Texans are good or do we think the Steelers are bad? Or is it both? Well, they beat the Jags last week also. And, I mean, they didn't embarrass themselves against the Ravens. Was the there? Ravens. Yeah, they was there? Competitive. Yeah, they had a – what was the other game? The second game of the year for them, I forgot. But it wasn't bad enough for me to to be yeah. out on them. Well, and here's the thing. Going into this week, they were 25-1 to to win the AFC South. 
Would that? Yeah, I mean, be the winner of AOC South ain't saying much. But anyway, that's go right what I mean. Yeah. Would that be crazy? Because if we had said that before the year, we were talking before the year that the Cardinals were going to get the first and second pick in the draft because they had the mm-hmm. Texans pick. So in, in that in that cons- construct, it's kind of crazy that just putting in a quarterback who's immediately this competent can change their fortunes that much. And they have a good, you know, good new coach as well, of course. Yes. Now, is there any fear from you guys that they're just this year's Bears where they start two and one and you feel great about where they're going and then just whoop and they just fall downhill? You think you think they're good? Um. So the other team that they played was the Colts. They lost to the Colts, but... um. I guess it's possible that the things around C.J. Stroud are not as good and those things could fall off. However, I think that the hardest thing to find is a quarterback. And the things that C.J. Stroud is doing with the people he has around him is real. So maybe this team is not going to be as good as they've looked these last two weeks. But I think that the the trend is going that way. Like, they are getting better. He is getting better. They're not an old team. They're a young team that can mm-hmm. continue to grow with them. They have Will Anderson on the other side who, I mean, he's – he is what I think we expected him to be, right? He's like a, a good foundational piece. He's not worth trading up for. I don't think he's proven us wrong that way. But this team, I, yeah, I think it's harder for me to imagine that what we've seen so far is a fluke than it is for me to imagine that they actually are this good and are probably going to get better as the season goes. Uh, you're, I think you're right. I'm just, just saying, just want to throw it out there. Oh, no, that's good. That's, that's why we have you here, because you really you. force us to be our smartest selves and challenge us to – question our deepest held beliefs i mean this is challenging the deep held belief that ohio state quarterbacks don't translate immediately to the nfl because this is who's yeah i feel like um i don't even know who the quarterback is at ohio state right now i mccord yeah i bet he's pretty happy about this because right now he'd be tied to uh the previous ohio state quarterbacks including justin fields and they would be saying well you're only balling because you got marvin harrison jr which actually kyle mccord's not balling so go terps we got that (laughs) he's also i think he was marvin harrison jr's high school quarterback also Mm. we're checking that now you know what shout out marvin smart do the do do the marquez valdez scantling you spend your entire career with aaron Rodgers and patrick mahomes Get yourself in the right places. Get your mind right. Get your agent right. End up in the right spots. Where do um, football players retire now? I feel like when I was playing, everyone would leave and move to Atlanta. Is it still like, maybe it's like Florida or something. I think you would know. I think it's like Jacksonville. Yeah, I, I, I think Jacksonville? I think Jacksonville. No. I was going to say no. Miami. Yeah. I was going to say Miami. It's, I, my guess would be Miami too, but maybe they're still going to Atlanta. I don't know. You still get more for your money down there. Yeah, I just think it's state income tax. Miami, maybe yeah, Austin. That's fair. All um, right, what's next? Okay, the last one of our takes was... Uh, this is really controversial. It was Dominique saying I, he feels horrible for Russell Wilson. Well, guess what? We don't have to feel bad anymore because they won and Russ was okay. <laughs> Russ was better than okay. Stop. He was good. He's good. Yeah. He's never been the problem with this team this Agreed. year. The defense is atrocious, but three big plays in the second half to win them that football game. Incredible. Man, that was going to be a really sad building. <laughs> If they didn't pull that off, they gave Fields, who has not played a reasonable game so far this year, the his all-time greatest game was cook it up until he threw it backwards away. It was bad. And you know what? That's why we now, as a podcast, yeah, we, we feel, feel bad for Justin yeah, Fields. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How could you not? How could you not feel sympathy for Justin Fields? You know, uh, we, a friend of the show, Jason Goff, he doesn't have much sympathy yeah. for Justin Fields. He's sick of Justin Fields, and I think a lot of um, 
uh, Bears fans feel the same way. And the funny thing is, normally, when you turn on one, like, portion of the equation, then it elevates another portion. So it's like, well, we feel better about the coaches. We feel better about the front office because this quarterback stinks. Nope. <laughs> they feel sick about everything. everything. Can we talk later, uh, maybe later in the week, have a conversation, a, a legitimate conversation about uh, Caleb Williams not going like we can start a position petition do not let caleb go to the bears and ruin him i damn it i want caleb to be okay and the bears have proven no matter who you give them they're gonna ruin them don't let him go there or maybe we should take over that team like have the league take over the team nba style <laughs> and install competent uh people to make sure that they can protect uh, Caleb Williams and his Hall of Fame future. I don't feel like seeing his his uh, career ruined by a bad organization. Where where do you guys want Caleb Williams to end up? If you could pick a team that's likely to end up with him. Oh no, that, the likely part's different. Oh yeah, the likely part's different. I think DC. He's from DC, um, and we've already assumed that Eric Bieniemy is going to stay here and become the head coach. So like having him in. Uh, in D.C. with the skilled players that they have and the coaching staff that they have would work, but you're not allowing us to do that because they're not going to get that pick. No, they, they might get the pick, but do you want Caleb Williams on that field in that stadium <laughs> nah. for four years? No, he's going to... Absolutely not. Caleb is going to get them a new stadium the same way Josh Allen got the Bills a new stadium, and this time it's actually going to be in D.C. But they haven't built the stadium oh, no, for Josh no. Allen They'll yet. They'll build it. They'll build it immediately. They'll so, build it right away. <laughs> My real answer is probably if Minnesota LA. no, if Minnesota trades Kirk Cousins and they can really bottom out this Ooh. year so he can be partnered with Justin Jefferson for his uh, full career and play in a dome. Uh, that'd be great. My real answer is LA. Yeah. I want him with McVay. I, I mean, I care more about putting him somewhere with the coach that I think will get the best out of him. Anyway, that wasn't a topic we were planning on talking about, but we'll say we we'll do it. A, we'll do a Caleb deep dive. Yeah, let's do a Caleb deep dive later um, in the season. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash df today to get 10% off your first month that's better help help.com slash df 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Bigger question, though. Now we're gonna, we can dive in on this because we are at you, Dami, He's so damn the, good. He's so good. Okay, all right. Uh, before the show, you said that when you were in the NFL, you started to really evaluate things after week four because there was enough of a yeah. sample size to understand what's really going on and what means what. So after four weeks, we've sort of changed our opinion every single week. Who do you think is the best team in the NFL? I don't think we changed our opinion every single week. It was the Cowboys until they got embarrassed by the Cardinals. It was the Dolphins. Um, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, then last week it felt like it had to be the Dolphins because they did what they did. That was ridiculous. Um, it's a really hard question to answer because the Eagles are the are – they're an undefeated team coming off an NFC championship. It feels like they belong up there. They haven't quite looked as good as you would want them to look in the wins, but we know that they have the pedigree and they have the talent. And even in their, their not-so-pretty wins, we see the special plays from the quarterback position, which I think is kind of the deciding factor in some of these things. Like some of these teams that we think are really good – the question around the Cowboys or the question around the 49ers is like, but when it gets dark, do we have someone who does not care what the play does not care about the play call or the defense can make a play, uh, a special play happen? And we've seen Jalen Hurts do that so far this season. So I feel like I'm leaning Eagles over 49ers. Maybe they I mean, neither of them have the greatest resume. I'm just rambling now. Let me hear what Barnwell says so I can disagree with that. If you're getting booed by your own fans, like periodically through the first month of the year, you're not the best team in football. And I know that's not exactly like a high bar for Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, like, like it's, it's part of the national story about these teams. When, when you watch the Eagles play, like everyone's saying like, yeah, they don't look as good as they looked last year, but they're still winning. Like it feels like on their record, yes, they should be there. And I still think they're a good team, but I think we're seeing enough holes, enough cracks in how they're playing that, even if they haven't played an especially tough schedule so far, yeah. I, I'm I'm inclined to leave them like kind of in the second tier there. I I, I feel like we're sort of taking the Niners for granted yeah. in these conversations. Like they just sort of routinely win every week by 14 points. We're just like, oh yeah, they're fine. Like, but I don't know why we don't think of them that way. I do. You know why. We both know why. It's because we have a hard time giving Purdy the respect that I think maybe his record suggests that he deserves. You know like, his stat line for today? Yeah, don't do that. Come you, on. Uh, not, not with Bill Barnwell here. You're not going to give me a bunch of counting stats, are you? He was 20 not, for 21. Not in front of company. You're just, Bill is here. We got No, 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 no. And you're giving 
20 for 21. Yeah, Bill, 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 tell me why it's wrong to 20, when you complete 95% of your passes to not think that that matters. It matters. He's good. That's not the problem. I think that the reason why it, it comes up or the reason why we don't hold him as, an, as high esteem as his number suggests is because he's never lost. Okay. I mean, it's the, it's the Shanahan effect that we've seen happen with a number of quarterbacks and we haven't seen. And it's probably unfair because you're right. If yeah. some other young quarterback, or even if it was a first round pick who was putting up Purdy numbers, we'd be losing our mind about how good he is. It was Trey Lance? Yeah, if it was Trey Lance putting up these numbers, it would not matter that the system was creating these open passes. So I accept that my bias is there, but my bias is still there and I need to shake it. I guess. No, I'm not saying you have to shake it, but let me ask you, shake it what, what, what does Brock Purdy have to do for you to get out of that, that blank space in your head where it's him and Jimmy Garoppolo and maybe like Nick Mullins on a good day, all in the same space, kind of just being the same quarterback. Nothing. He just got out. Nothing? No, you just asked me a question and it, it cut me so deep that I have to be honest just with myself. Just open the door? Yeah. Just oh, like he is there now. He's a top tier quarterback. Done. Over it. He's the man. Next thing, uh, or the next best thing since um, Patrick Mahomes. That's him. Justin Herbert, who? I'm it's good. A fearless take. Tua, who? He's, no, he's thank got, you. He's got two hands. Justin <laughs> Herbert is one hand. I guess you could say he's the man. Do we? So I, I guess I want to run through some of the other teams that I think are in this conversation. So I think the Lions have an embarrassing loss, but other than that, like they have pretty impressive wins and a dominant recent. Uh, win. I think the Ravens fall into the same category as having a pretty embarrassing loss to the Colts, but also some pretty impressive wins. Uh, who else would I? Oh, Miami. Bills I think, and the Dolphins. Yeah, I, w I wanted to get to the Bills last because I think the Bills in Miami and the Bills, you have to go to Bills because we just saw the game. But so we'll get right to the Bills. It's like the Bills have possibly one of the most embarrassing losses. But when you look back at the game and watch it as we all watched that game, we saw what happened. If the problem is Josh Allen, then you don't have a super huge problem because he is also the solution. So I could get behind the Bills being one of being the best team in football uh, if we m remove the resume. So we're like, all right, we have the Super Bowl tomorrow. Who do we think wins? and not talk about who has the most impressive res resume. Like, I think the Bills are in that conversation, along with KC, because KC's destroying people, but they have that really embarrassing week one loss that, like, makes it feel like we can't uh, put them in this stratosphere, despite the fact that their defense is crazy and their quarterback is the best we've ever seen. I mean, we didn't say the Cowboys. Yeah. We consider the Cowboys in that discussion <laughs> as well. Yeah, they have one embarrassing it loss and a bunch of other dominant performances. If, if, if they'll ever score in the red zone again, which they even, <laughs> they scored a touchdown today from the 20 yard line to just avoid, <laughs> avoid getting their red zone stats up. They're just like, no, screw regression. We're good. Yeah, red zone's um, hard to score. I mean, By the way, the, the Chiefs game right now, we're taping this during Sunday Night Football. They're up 17 to two on the, uh, on the Jets. Wait, 17 to, the, the, the Jets got a safety That's on the impressive. Chiefs? That's right. That's impressive. That's gonna just make the defense more angry. It was it was holding in the end zone. So if the defense outscores Ooh. the offense on a safety, oh goodness gracious! Yes, please hold in the end zone anywhere. Just hold. <laughs> Don't let my man Patrick limp anymore. Goodness gracious! We had a lot of limping quarterbacks today. We had like Matthew Stafford limping through <laughs> the Rams game. Herbert was beat up. I felt like there were like five or six quarterbacks who were like clearly like 
less than 100% at some point during this game. Maybe I'm misremembering it, but I feel like at certain points last year, there were more quarterbacks hurt. Like, the more we protect them, the more they get hurt. It's it's kind of scary. And you know what we don't need? We don't need game promos with defensive tackles and outside pass rushers and uh, receivers. Like, when you see that, it's like tonight's game, they were promoting it. It's like uh, Patrick Mahomes versus Garrett Wilson. Those are the two big faces <laughs> they put out. Like, I love Garrett Wilson, but, I mean, you can't really – Sell it to the people. Fortunately, it's actually Patrick Mahomes and Taylor Swift are the top billers yeah. for this game. Thankfully, he's not hurt, but if Lamar had been hurt, the, the promos for the Steelers-Ravens game next week would have been TJ Watt and Justin Tucker. Steelers, <laughs> Ravens. Oh, gosh. Roquan? They give Roquan before Tucker, but Tucker is No, <laughs> Justin Tucker. Come on. Justin Tucker is a Hall of Famer, man. Roquan's on his way. Um, next one. Are you guys ready to write off the Bengals? Ooh, 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 it's Jamar Chase kind of felt like he was ready to ride off the Bengals today. <laughs> he was very pissed. He's always bleeping open. All right. Did you did you did you see the clip? Like, there's like oh, somehow a perfect zoom in the clip onto Jamar Chase as he's saying this. So it makes it so much better. <laughs> I to loved me. it. It's not just like a guy in the crowd. It's like a movie shot. Oh god. So are you are you? I'm counting them out. You're done with them. Don't have to worry about it anymore. I'm willing to believe, but their schedule gets awful tough in a couple weeks. If I think they have like the Niners and the Bills coming up uh, in October, if I'm not mistaken, like they're they're gonna be in rough shape if they don't win one of the next couple games. And Joe Burrow, like the injury, may be part of it, but he's also not playing well um, himself. Like the decision making isn't there. He got lucky with at least one ball in the red zone that should have been picked off. He's like apparently not seeing the blitz like it seemed obvious a couple times that the protection wasn't going to be able to pick up what, what was coming and he was indecisive about what to do there when I think Jamar Chase would say just throw it over here I'll figure it out which uh it used to be Joe Burrow's philosophy but apparently it is no more so yeah this defense is really fun to watch and really good uh we think but not going to get very far if your team is built around two great receivers and a quarterback and they aren't playing well. So, I, I don't know. And the division isn't as hard as we had thought. But they, the already, Steelers, yeah. Yeah, they already dropped a couple division know. games. It's, I mean, the Steelers, yeah. The, the, the Browns and Ravens, yeah. I think, might be better than we thought. Like, think about this team the past couple of years. They've struggled early in the season. They mm -hmm. lost, I believe, to the Zach Wilson Jets in 2021, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. They had that game against the ja the Urban Meyer Jags where they were like, they were down by multiple scores, I believe, and came back and won. And then they got hot second half of the year. Last year, they start, they start 0-2. They started 0-2 last year. Mm -hmm. Struggled a bit early in the season, got hot second half of the year. So if they can just be okay, maybe they'll get hot and, and go on a winning streak in the second half of the season and we'll forget about this. But these problems feel worse to me than the problems they had the last couple of seasons. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you're, what, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the problems seem worse. It, I guess it depends on what you think the problems are. The biggest problem. Is, Joe Burrow being hurt is the biggest problem this team yeah. can have. Yeah, yeah I, no question. So I agree with that, but I did not, in watching this game, I saw more issues with Joe Burrow's 
play, like decision making, which I guess maybe can be imp- impacted by him being injured, than um, I saw with him being injured. And I would say the same thing was true of last week. So I guess maybe it's all connected. Maybe it impacts him because he is great about moving in the pocket. Maybe it's him anticipating that he can evade the blitz physically and not still being able to do it. So yeah, that's fair. That's not a problem you can correct. This yeah. calf is not going to magically get better. Well, the question I'd ask well, about that is if if you think it's something other than the calf, like what else could it be? Because it seems like if you have an offense that has Joe Burrow, and I know T Higgins fractures ribs, but you have Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T Higgins, Joe Mixon. It seems impossible if they're healthy for that offense to not be good. Mm-hmm. So how, what else could it be other than him just being hurt? I think you answered your own question. Yeah. Like, like, like it, he's hurt. Yeah. Like, I, but there's not, you know, I think Dominique's right in that there are knock-on effects. Like it's going to change how you feel about moving around in the pocket, your confidence, your, 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 your comfort level going, you know, through your progression, staying in the pocket, like all that stuff matters. But like this would not, I don't think this would be happening if it were not for Joe Burrow's calf injury. And they have a serious question to ask themselves because they're buys in a couple of weeks. The one thing that's going to help this injury is rest and they can rest him for the buy, but they get the Cardinals this week. Do you rest Joe Burrow in this game against the Cardinals thinking maybe we got a shot with Jake Browning, even though the Cardinals, frankly, have looked better than the Bengals yeah. so far this season. Yeah, the Bengals are in no position to to take games off. So, yeah, I don't think that they're going to make that move. Uh, if they could have done it with the Rams, that might have been the time to do it. But, yeah, they are in must win already. Week five must win mode for the Bengals. I like it. First must win of the season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, what's next? Beautiful. All right, and now. Hands up. It's time for our Good Hands Moments presented by Allstate. And that's Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson eviscerated the vaunted Browns defense today. 15 for 19, 187 yards, two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. So my question for you all in this is, what did you learn from the Ravens' dominating performance against this Browns team and Lamar Jackson? Um, Lamar Jackson's really good and... Um, as much as we were excited about Todd Monken's new offense, uh, fundamentally Todd Monken's offense is no different than any other offense that's ever had Lamar Jackson in it is looks good when Lamar is balling. <laughs> and like I, I watched this game closely and I rewatched it from the coach's angle to try to find like unique things that they were doing. That so I could say, see, this is why Todd Munkin addition was special. This is why signing these receivers was special. So the receivers weren't playing with the exception of Zay Flowers, who himself is mm-hmm. special. We had a flashback uh, of uh, Mark Andrews where he's like, oh, yeah, don't forget that he's all pro level tight end. And Lamar threw some passes that were awesome. His design runs for two touchdowns and his two touchdown passes were incredible. And then that one deep pass to Zay Flowers was just special. And so if I were to give Munkin some credit uh, and Lamar some credit for for uh, the like strategy of the game, it seemed like they had a good plan for the blitz. Like, there was this pick route that they ran early uh, to the back that seemed like they obviously saw an opportunity there for the blitz. They ran a bunch of screen passes, which were not even super successful, but it is good to have those in the game plan against the Blitz. And then there's a couple times where the Blitz got home and Lamar just did Lamar things. So that's what it boils down to is I don't give a damn what your scheme is. You got Lamar back there. If he is on an, on if he's on one that day, then you look like a great coach. Don't need X's and O's, just need Jimmy's and Joe's, right? 
No, Lamar's. <laughs> and Lamar's, Lamar's and Zay's. And, and Zay's? Yeah. I mean, this this does feel like a team that's going to be taken as far as their star players are willing to, you know, sort of put the team on their back. Like, it doesn't feel like they have a lot of easy answers necessarily at times, but it feels like they have players who can make hard answers possible. And, you know, you're going to see games like Cal Hamilton getting three sacks next week and a combination of having a really talented safety and having a defensive coordinator who's going to create some opportunities for him against an offense that didn't really know how to match up. Um, you know, we saw Lamar hit some plays in this game that were, you know, a product of Lamar extending the play, making stuff happen. Mark Andrews had a really long catch and run where, you know, that was a, I think, a scramble drill where Mark Andrews just got open and then, yep. you know, did sort of like the the lumbering Travis Kelsey 25-yard after catch uh, where it looks like you should be able to stop him and yet nobody can get near him. Uh, you know, they they have players capable of really great stuff. It's just, can they stay on the field? And can you, as a coach, do things that are not going to, you know, sort of minimize their ability and create more opportunities for the vulnerable parts of this roster to be exposed? Last year we saw, you know, in that Dolphins game, for example, they put their cornerbacks on an island and it didn't work out. Um, you know, if we can see the coaches do stuff to actually play to their, their star player strengths and minimize the weaknesses and the replacement level guys stuck in the lineup because of injuries, I think that can be a pretty good football team. Yeah, the defense played incredibly well also, but to be fair, uh, they were playing up against a backup quarterback, which um, is, I mean... Not necessarily all that much better than Deshaun Watson, or not all that much worse than Deshaun Watson. I guess Watson. Deshaun Watson got back on. Deshaun track. Watson was better. Yeah, was like, better in this game. This was <laughs> this was the best Deshaun Watson showing so far. <laughs> he didn't play one snap, but um, yeah. So <sighs> this team is impressive, and they are. They feel like the weird thing is. <sighs> what they did against the Colts last week. Like, it's hard for me to mm -hmm. say all the things that I want to say about the Ravens when they can't find a way to put away that game last week uh, with Lamar and with several opportunities. So that's frustrating and disappointing for anyone who believes in them, but they still are in really good shape. And let's not forget, uh, just a week ago, we were talking about this uh, – this Cleveland Browns defense as if they were by far the best in the league. And, best unit, yeah. offense or defense. And Lamar mm -hmm. and the Ravens had their way with them. I will say that it, uh, against that defense, they were very aware of Miles Garrett. There's another thing that I was looking to see is they obviously schemed around him. The one time that I found, and maybe there's more, but they would do quick passes. If they were going to single block him, quick passes. If they were doing the deeper stuff, they would obviously put extra people wherever he was. And uh, otherwise, if he was there, they would not block him for the the screens and for the read things. It was clear to me that they were like, this guy's not going to ruin it. And I think the one time that they did like a five to seven step drop, like a longer drop, and left him in man coverage, he caused a sack fumble. <laughs> so other than that, they did not. I mean, the one time that I saw of all the passing plays, they're like, hey, maybe we could pull it off this time. <laughs> He got back there. So that is smart coaching and strategy. But otherwise, it's just like we got the best player on the field. Let's let him be special. I, I, I hesitate to say this because it's not going to feel good. Everyone's going to be mad at me. Are the Ravens the AFC Cowboys? Ooh. <laughs> because just, just let me roll it out. Obviously talented. They win a lot of games when their quarterback's healthy every year. They have a quarterback who has good numbers, who we repeatedly vouch for, who I think we're still at least a little concerned about in certain moments 
not being that dude, even though he can be that guy at any time. They can win a bunch of games. They can look consistently really good. And yet it always feels like they are at risk of having a game like the game they had against the Colts last week or the Cowboys had against the Cardinals last week. They're just so different image wise too. It's a, it's a hard thing for, it's a hard uh, thing for me to accept. And even the style of quarterback is so different, but I get what you're saying. It's hard to push back against the argument that you're making. They, uh, in that they're both very, very good teams that somehow occasionally uh, slip up and they've been drafting well, well well-built team. Like they are, yeah, they just look different, but they are kind of at the end of the day, the results are very similar. Hmm. Let's get a Ravens Cowboys Super Bowl. Who'd you root for, yeah. Dominique? Uh, I think I have to go. Oh, it's a tough one. Ooh. Ravens. Ravens. I don't believe you. Yeah, it's definitely the Ravens. <laughs> there, there was a scramble today in the Patriots game where Mac Jones was scrambling, Ugh. and there was like a defensive lineman, like or a linebacker, like right at the first down marker, six yards away. And he could have scrambled to the left and gone around him or scrambled to the right and went around him. He just tried to go straight through and truck this guy. And it did not work for Mac Jones in this game. That's what the Ravens and the Cowboys kind of feel like to me. <laughs> if, they're, if, if, if that iceberg uh, you've gone is too six far. yards in front of them, they're going to hit that iceberg. It's just going to happen. You've gone too far. You've compared them to Mac Jones. That is awful. And no. Titanic. Yeah, and Titanic. Those are two things that are more similar to each other than they are to either of these two teams. I will accept that. Uh, I will not accept that. Cut it out. Edit it out. I don't want it even in the show. We're a team here. I can't have this represent us. What's next, Charlie? Uh, that's it, but there's breaking news. Mm. Um, it's 17-5 in the Jets game, but also on the sideline, Aaron Rodgers told Melissa Stark he will be returning to play this season. <laughs> okay, cool. Oh, goodness gracious. Why? Imagine, like, like the Jets are gonna be like four and eleven when he comes back. So it, oh my gosh, this is too much for me. I can't deal with this right now. <laughs> like it just so the argument's been made that maybe um, Taylor Swift Swift is doing all of this for like promotional purposes and like is like using the NFL platform to like promote her own stuff. Yeah, okay. she's doing so. She she's doing such a bad job on her own. She needs that NFL. <laughs> yeah, no. I, either way, the, I, I, it's not a point about Taylor Swift at all. But the argument's been made that she's doing that. What the hell is Aaron Rodgers doing? How does this like? Why? What are you doing? It's just it kind of feels like he wants to be. I I don't know. Hard knocks kind of pulled me around on Aaron Rodgers, and I was kind of uh, closer to Aaron Rodgers' side than I ever had been in a long time and then some of the things that he is doing and saying now to me just feels like somebody who was expecting to be prom king and is now upset that he's not now now you're out of Aaron Rodgers after all the last few no, years and you're like I'm not saying it was good I'm not saying I'm just saying that his whatever image he had was somewhat rehabilitated this offseason. Watching him on hard, and I was like, oh, yeah, he's a good dude. The guys like him. He's bringing hope to these young, talented players. He's all right. This is fun. He's protecting Zach Wilson. Oh, this is cool. Now it's kind of like, man, if you want to say that, say that to your team if you think it's going to motivate them. Like, why are we saying this to people on the sideline in the middle of the game? Canceled. Oh, gosh. There's real there, – I, I, you're not going to like this comparison either – Real Russell Wilson last year energy from Aaron Rodgers <laughs> with this injury. Oh, high knees on the plane all the way. High, high, high knees on the plane. Europe. I, like, 
Like, I, I, I feel like Aaron Rodgers is someone where, and I, I have friends like this, I'm sure you guys have friends like this, when he gets into something, he gets so into it that like he, 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 nothing else enters his brain. Like he's so focused and obsessed with it and has to be what he considers an expert on it, has to be insightful, has to have these really smart opinions on it. So like the fact that Aaron Rodgers has a torn Achilles, it's just like, oh, I'm going to be the best at having a torn Achilles. Like, <laughs> like he just has to win torn Achilles. Him, I guess it, it comes with uh, being uh, a super competitive superstar athlete, I guess. The good with the bad, the trade-offs. Anyway, Charlie, what you got? I was going to ask if you felt bad for Rodgers now. <laughs> I did. I did until you just told me what he did. Um, yeah. Oh, the um, Toy Story game. Oh, yeah. Did you guys like that? Did oh. you enjoy it at all? Is it uh, the Nickelodeon game was cool. The Toy Story game is new and fun. I watched it for a little bit. Did you watch any, Bill? Uh, no, that, that game is out in the morning, yes. and I work until about 5 a.m., so I was asleep. Okay, cool. Well, I'm sure you'll watch it eventually. Uh, you didn't miss much. It was fun, though. It was different. Um, I, I like the idea. I just don't like the idea of getting up at 8.30 in the morning to watch Desmond Ritter play football. <laughs> was the one thing, Bill, it was shot from behind, like the Madden-style camera angle, so oh, nice. it literally looked like the dots. It was fun. Ooh, okay. Okay, if you make it less like actual football, I'm more into <laughs> that's it. That's right. So that's good. Ritter was rough, Um, man. I mean, I mean g- give me give me 30 seconds. T- tell me the story of that game in 30 seconds, Dominique. Ritter was rough. Um, He is... Bijan's great. He's fun to watch. Every time he touches the ball, even if he loses yards, it's fun to watch. Um, It's hard to get all excited about the Jags again because Ritter is, is not. He ain't it. He ain't it. It is was it, bad. Matt Collins so, agrees so, with you. This, this, is like, this is like the reverse C.J. Stroud, like four games yes. into Ritter. Yeah. You're good. I've had enough. Four games into it, I, I think it's pretty clear that, that he, he ain't it. You remember like 45 minutes after Lamar was eligible for an offer sheet, the Falcons were like, good. <sighs> we, got, we got Ritter. We don't, need to, we don't need to have that conversation. Ridiculous. They'd be a lot different team right now if they had gotten serious about that opportunity. Arthur Smith would still only play Lamar in 50% of the snaps because he just <laughs> hates good players. <laughs> anyway, all right. I appreciate it. This has been the Dominique Foxwell Show presented by Allstate. Um, thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Bill, for being here. Thank you to all the wonderful producers here at Podville. Charlie, you're the man. Brian, Kevin, Megan, Serafina. We out. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.